Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. 2017. Whoa. And I think this is kind of an appropriate episode for the beginning of 2017, because we're wrapping up 2016, aren't we, Allison? Yes, yes. A lot of momentous things occurred in 2016. Uh, Happy New Year, guys. Yeah. By momentous, we mean people dying. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, (laughs) that's pretty much what we mean. Yeah. So already in 2016, we did necrologues of David Bowie. God rest his soul. Dr. Edgar Mitchell, the astronaut that brought aliens That's right. to all of us. Yep. And uh, now we're going to do one more necrolog today for the end of the year. But before we get to the sad stuff, let's talk about the happy stuff. Yay. What's everyone's New Year's resolution? What is your determination? What do you really want to make happen in 2017? Allison, let's start with you. Yeah. <laughs> Put me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> What's your resolution? New, okay, resolution. I always want to exercise, of course. Okay. <laughs> At least I like the idea of it. But um, how about writing? More writing in 2017. Okay, that's a good resolution. Wendy, what's your resolution for 2017? I like the writing one. I also have a writing resolution for writing more music. Okay. And, uh, of course, I have my usual fitness goals. Mm -hmm. Still deciding if I want to try to do another marathon or if I want to do a half marathon or something like that again. But, uh, yeah, that and then the meditation goal that's ongoing. (laughs) How about you, Mike? I'm going to try to take it easier in 2017. Mm. So, like, I'm going to let myself relax more and not be so uptight. So more vacations for you, huh? More vacations for me, or just (laughs) more vacations from giving myself a hard time if I do not complete enough for the day or something like that. So That's a a unique goal for you. I'm going the opposite way. Like, I'm going to be lazier. I'm going to take up smoking. I'm going to eat more. (laughs) In 2017, I'm going backwards, baby. (laughs) All right. Well, that's pretty exciting. It'll be interesting to watch you on your journey of... Yeah, uh, like everybody's like, oh, check out my picture at the beginning of the year, the picture at the end of the year. Mine's going to be reversed. Like the beginning of the year, I look like Han and the end of the year, I look like Jabba. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's my plan. Well, how about everybody out there? What are your goals and resolutions? Make sure you send it to us at, at Other Side Talk on Twitter and let us know what your resolutions are. And we'll obviously talk about the most interesting ones on the show. Yeah, because it's always motivating to hear what other people are working on or what they mm-hmm. hope to achieve in the year. So, Especially if they have paranormal resolutions. Mm. I think paranormal resolutions are the most interesting. Like, is 2017 the year when you see a ghost? Or is it the year that you, uh, you know, you're finally able to tie your shoes with your mind? Oh, man, you didn't know. You let me know that it was supposed to be a paranormal resolution. Well, do you have any paranormal resolutions, Allison? I mean, it can be exercise more or whatever. (laughs) Well, how about getting maimed by a ghost? Okay. I'm up for a good maiming. Good. (laughs) Well, you know what? That's okay. If I actually saw a ghost and I knew it was a ghost, like I would let that ghost have my toe. (laughs) You would just take the toe. Easy. It'd be like, yo, that's a real ghost. Like, hey, you're a real dead person. Come back from the grave. Here you go. Here's... Here's my toe. Like, I don't know about the big toe, but like the little toe, it doesn't do anything. And I practically cut it off every time I do my toenails oh anyway. The little piggy? Like you'll lose your balance. You, you'll be yeah. tipping over. And this little piggy got cut off by a ghost. So hear that, demons? Mike is offering you at least a little piggy. You can chew it right off. Right. I, James the Amazing Randy might offer you a million dollars. I will offer you a toe. <laughs> wow. But the thing is, if you're, a, if you're a demon, you can use a toe in like some kind of sympathetic magic. Ah, I know. Or I, I, I've got it. I've got it. This would be a terrific opportunity for a demon to chew off your toe in front of James Randy, getting yeah. you a million dollars. I love that. Right. Oh, that, wow. See, now we have a whole plan and get that ball back. <laughs> James Randy's dead, though, isn't he? No, he's not dead. He's still around? Yeah. I thought that he died. Or no. his like, boyfriend died? It's like something, somebody just died in James Randy. Like, I know I he's old. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. He, he, uh, right, so the, he'd not like you saying he's dead. 
All right. Well, I don't care. If he is dead, he doesn't like me saying he's dead. He can come back from the dead and haunt me and collect <laughs> his own million dollars. Wow. It's on. Right. That's skeptical bastard. Oh. So anyway, those are some of our New Year's resolutions. Obviously, I'm going to give up a toe for the paranormal. <laughs> and, and find new ways to insult James Randi. Absolutely. Oh, I, I find in many ways. And the thing is, I like James the Amazing Randi, but that doesn't mean I don't want to make fun of him. He's 88 and still alive. Okay, so he's 88. So he's going to the other side soon. So he'll find oh. out before any of us will. Hopefully he'll report back. Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. Well, you know he's not going to report back. Just so he, that he, <laughs> he's, he's going to be like, oh, I was wrong. I <laughs> right, better like remain he's quiet. Say like, hey, guys, <laughs> he's like, he's going to come back to the Committee for the Scientific Investigation of Claims of the Paranormal. <laughs> like he's going to show up at one of their meetings, like all translucent and stuff like that. Be like, uh, sur- <laughs> su- surprise? <laughs> so that's this is not going to happen. So, uh, and he doesn't want to get that million dollars back from the grave. He's not going to let that happen. So anyway, New Year, two thousand seventeen, and hopefully, no more celebrity deaths this year, huh? Yeah, I mean, oh man, last year, right? Well, I mean, no more in <laughs> oh, two thousand seventeen. Okay. Well, and the whole joke is like they want to keep Betty White alive, <sighs> you know? And I'm like, I mean, Betty White's funny and all. And she is the last golden girl still hanging yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. All the one others the are dead? Oh, yeah. And B. Arthur's dead. I mean, B. Arthur was the oldest one, too, I think. Wait, no, Betty White was the oldest one. I'm sorry. Oh, But okay. B. Arthur was older than... Rue uh, McClanahan. Rue McClanahan and the woman that played her mother. Oh, yeah. Sophia Petrillo. I mean, Sophia I, Petrillo was the, name, the actress. But, uh, Estelle Getty. That's it, yes. Estelle Getty, who not <laughs> only was the star of the Golden Girls, but also Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Oh, wow. With Sylvester Stallone, a fine, Stallone's finest moment. But she was the oldest character on the show, but I thought she was the youngest actress. Right. Of so the she four, was, she was younger than her, okay. her, her daughter on the program. So funny. <laughs> so Wendy's our Golden Girls super yes, fan. Yes, so I you're am. the one that's most worried about <laughs> Betty White. Mike, thank you for being a friend. <laughs> right. Allison, uh, thank you for being a friend. Yeah. Aw. Well, if you guys threw a party and invited mm. everyone you knew. Um, You'd I, see. You know the biggest gift? I, I still wouldn't give you a gift. <laughs> and the card attached would say, uh, I'm broke. Okay, so the, anyway, Betty White, she's still hanging on. So thank God for that. Yeah. yeah. Abe Vigoda, though, he left in, 2000, or in 2016. Fish. And people thought that Fish from Barney Miller was dead for decades. <laughs> No, oh, that's man. really true. That's horrible. So it's funny. Have you guys ever been like the internet dead server? Yeah. Like the whoisdead.com or whatever. Like it's the, internet, the dead. And that's been around forever. And like Abe Vigoda is the whole reason the internet dead server exists. And there actually was is Abe Vigoda dead.com. Oh, and it didn't change over until he actually died. And so it was like, if we just like, so is Abe Vigoda dead? Is Abe Vigoda dead.com? Would you say no until... He's gone. So oh. anyway, 2000. Now, now it says yes. Right? Now it says he, he did. But he, like, he's 94. Like, he had a good run. That's a long you know? life. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, a lot of these people we're talking about, they had nice long runs. So congratulations on making the marathon of, that's right. of life. And hopefully we'll see you on the other side. But, you know, somebody who went too soon. Yeah. And this really feels young to me. And, and this is obviously was on everybody's Facebook's. And Twitter, the Twitters over the past week was the death of Carrie Fisher. Right. Yeah, it was just startling. Unexpected. It was. Well, I mean, George Michael died the day before. Right. And he was even younger than Carrie Fisher. And uh, I was trying to see if there was any George Michael ghost stories. Or oh, yeah. That'd be interesting. Not, not really much. Mm. But anyway, so George Michael, Faith, and Allison, you were, I mean, you were in love with George Michael. Oh, right. <laughs> you, you were. I remember she used to sing that I Want Your Sex song. I want oh, your sex. Oh, my God. Come remember on. Remember, it was the summer we were in Berkeley, California, and you listened to that Faith album over and over and over again. I kept on listening to it. And, and I'm still uh, paying for it today, people. Still paying for it. Hey, that's all right, <laughs> George. Things I did when I was 17 are coming back to haunt me because I do a podcast with my brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were a very pretty 17-year-old, Allison, but I don't think George was interested. Oh, come um, on now. Harsh. Right. I, I felt like after all those sexy videos that I've been lied to all these years. <laughs> so that was shocking because it's like, okay, oh my God. Like, so like Prince, l- under 60 years old. Yeah. George Michael, 53 years old. Carrie Fisher, 60 wow. years old. So that doesn't even seem old anymore. It doesn't. 
especially to me right now as a 40 year old i look i'm like that's like 20 well, years yeah, away that's, that's the thing is the older you get so you get like oh my god that's only 20 years <laughs> away right exactly and allison that's only like what do you turn hey, 39 no, last no, year no 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 we're not discussing ages i mean you already re- revealed me as a, you know a george michael fan <laughs> oh that's right okay so everybody out there in podcast land you do the math uh <laughs> But the thing is, really, it, it just doesn't feel that, you know, that 60 years old is way too, way too young. Yeah. And obviously, Carrie Fisher was having a career resurgence with the new Star Wars movies. That's right. Yeah, and it's just crazy that she's gone now and, and that, you know, how, how is that going to be reflected in the movies, I wonder? Well, we know how it's going to be reflected is that they're just going to pay her Computer estate enough. Graphics. Yeah, where they're, they're going to bring her back from the dead. You think so? Oh, uh, probably. Because can you have a different actress player? No. No, you, you never. Really. You really can't. And and I haven't seen Rogue One yet. No. And Allison, have you seen Rogue One? No, I haven't. I haven't. Um, Wendy, I have. you saw Rogue One, right? Yes, I did. And so this isn't a spoiler anymore, but Peter Cushing appears in Rogue One, right? Like or the General Tarkin, General Mo- oh, Grand, yeah. Grand, Mo- Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. The oh. Grand Moff. So. And, and Peter Cushing's been dead since 1994. Right. And he's yet, been dead forever. And he's like a main character in the movie. Really? Oh, yeah. man. Now so I they want had to a, see it even more. <laughs> they had a guy with that kind of a Peter Cushing-like face, and then they CGI'd the, the face over it. Man, yeah, it's, oh, it's creepy. That sounds really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't well, wait I mean, to see that now. <laughs> well, in Captain America Civil War, I think they did that with Robert oh, Downey man. Jr. They had like a teenage Robert Downey Jr., Maybe it wasn't oh, yeah. Civil War. I think I thought it was Civil yeah, yeah. War. Yeah, it was. It was. That's true. And they had a teenage Robert Downey Jr. And the first time I ever really saw that actually was, do you guys see the Neutron, or the, the Neutron, but the, the Tron Legacy, the, the Tron uh, sequel, came oh. out like four years ago, five years ago. Uh, they made the, was that so. the one with the awesome Daft Punk? Yeah, it had a great Daft Punk soundtrack. soundtrack. Yeah. But what was funny about the Neutron is that, so Jeff Bridges obviously is in it, as old Jeff Bridges is in it. But then also young Jeff Bridges is in it. Whoa. So Jeff Bridges is obviously in the original from 1982. And cool. uh, like that was the first time where I saw them de-age someone. Oh, man. Like that. And I know they've done that in the X-Men now and all these different things. So de-aging actors huh. uh, is, is just part of that. And I think the first time I ever saw them do that was um, they had Fred Astaire dancing with a vacuum cleaner. I remember that, yeah. Right, in the 90s. And that was the thing. It's like, are they going to bring dead actors back to life now? Is that going to be a thing of dead actors coming in? And are you going to bring John Wayne back to being a Western? Are you mm-hmm. going to... Well, uh, 20 years ago, they were talking about that because of that Fred Astaire commercial. But and I thought the, the Fred Astaire one was they just CGI'd a vacuum over where a person had been. I mean, yeah. I mean, but the thing is, it was like using... The, it was reusing it and they made it look modern. I see, Okay. And that brought in that whole question of like, can we bring actors back from the dead? The answer is yes, because the biggest yeah. movie in the world right now brought <laughs> Peter Cushing back from the dead. And I think that's ironic almost because Peter Cushing always played Van Helsing to Christopher Lee's Dracula. Mm. And so you think that Christopher Lee's the guy that they're going to bring right. back from the dead because he was the guy that always played Dracula. Instead, they bring Van Helsing back. <laughs> anyway, so I haven't seen Rogue One, but the thing is they might do that, you know, with... Carrie Fisher in the, I mean, it feels, since we're only like a year away from the next Star Wars movie, yeah. that feels like bad taste, you know, a little That's bit. That's pretty soon. I mean, Peter Cushing's been dead for 23 right. years. So like, well, whatever. The sting is worn off. Right. No one's <laughs> like, Peter Cushing, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, he was in so many horror movies that I think he had a flair for the macabre ah, like Christopher yeah, Lee did. Yeah. Right. So As, it seems only fitting that he's brought back from the dead. Yeah, because he made his money in bringing people back from the dead, so he might right. as well. Anyway, so so Carrie Fisher, so if you guys have been living uh, in a box or like if you spent Christmas in the Antarctic, <laughs> then what happened was Carrie Fisher was on a plane on the way to Los Angeles and she suffered a heart attack on Friday the 23rd. And then they got to Los Angeles and then she went to the hospital and then she passed on Tuesday the uh, 27th. And so she passed, and that was the, the big news for the week, yeah. is that she had a heart attack, and then she was in a coma, and then just never woke up. Yeah. Mm. And then her mother, actress Debbie Reynolds, who was 84, had a stroke and died the next day. Yeah, the very next day. That, that was very strange, I thought. 
So as we're recording this particular podcast, they haven't had the funeral yet. And it's going to be a double funeral. Ooh. Yeah. Mother and daughter. How strange. <laughs> yeah, that's... That is so tough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I didn't know the actress Jolie Fisher was Carrie Fisher's sister. And I think she's got another brother, too, that's a, oh, wow. an actor. So, like, well, I mean, famously, Eddie Fisher was married to her mother, Debbie Reynolds. Eddie mm-hmm. Fisher was, like, a singer and actor, enter- entertainer in that Danny Kaye kind of 1960s style. But he famously left her mother for Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. And so, like, he was, like, a Liz Taylor's husband number four. I think mm-hmm. he was wedged between Richard Burton's. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in, <laughs> in, who, in who Liz Taylor married. So the thing is, your dad's a famous actor, your mother's a famous actress, and uh, Debbie Reynolds was like a triple threat, right? An actor, singer, dancer kind of thing. And so, so she was born into it. And remember, so Star Wars comes out in 1977. Carrie Fisher's born in 1956. So she is 19 when they're filming this movie. Wow. And if we were just making a joke about Allison being in love with George Michael. <laughs> you're, you know, that, and that age... Think about if you had been on a set of a blockbuster movie, you know, when you were 17, 18 years old. Right. I was a wild child as it is. Right. You'd really (laughs) get into some big trouble if you're on a major major movie. Yeah. Right. Think about if George Michael was on set with you every day like Harrison Ford was. (laughs) Yeah. Like what would have happened with that? He just walks over with that stubble. Yeah, well, I, mean, I don't more than think you anything take. would have happened with George Michael, as, as no. we know, that probably wouldn't right. have been he, faded uh, going my way. But, he'd you have know, been I like, Allison, I, I like you as a friend. <laughs> I, I, yeah. So, you know, she had some challenges as a teenager, for sure. Well, growing up in a broken home. I, well, I, I've just, you know, seen um, interviews with her when she was so young like that, and Wow. I mean, I'm just captivated by her energy, her vulnerability and her sweetness. It's just shocking how, you know, she's transformed over the years. But I think she had to because, you know, the the weight of the world, you know, trying to harden us all. And I think, um, you know, she she was a victim of that. But then, you know, she also used her inner strength to come back and help others. Well, she certainly, I mean, her life certainly took an interesting direction. She became a writer and a playwright and then turned around from drug addiction and, and everything. And so, Allison, you're more of the age that's, you know, when you saw Star Wars and, and a female character in a science fiction setting. So what did Princess Leah mean to you? Well, I think she was a role model to me for sure. I mean... It hadn't. It wasn't like there weren't strong women before her. I mean, I, I also loved um, Diana Rigg uh, and the Avengers. Emma Peel, um, mm-hmm. that character. You know, it showed you that you could still be sexy, and it's really hard because everything is so sexualized, and it's hard to separate that from other attributes. You know, without being overshadowed you know like your beauty overshadowing everything well even george lucas said i thought was funny was that on the original set of star wars she comes on you know that she had that white flowing dress in the first star wars movie as the princess and she wears a bra to the set the first day under her dress and george lucas is like "Mm -mm. there's there's no (laughs) there's no underwear in space oh man and he really had this pervert he had this explanation (laughs) of why there was no underwear in space because like the gravity or something like that would like twist everything and it would make it uncomfortable well yeah you don't need it because there is no gravity right right right. are you serious yeah so you can look it up and we'll talk more about george lucas obviously (laughs) later but uh, oh my god so and i don't and i don't know if george lucas is necessarily a pervert like i think (laughs) i was kidding when i said that but but i I think he almost (laughs) infantilizes his character so much that i don't i don't see a lot of sexual subtext be you know behind george lucas's thoughts like there's no like no but it's just funny because when you said like she walks into the set Oh, I'm sorry, honey. No, the underwear is going to have to go. Because in space, they didn't have underwear. There is no underwear in space. How oh, wow. dare you? That's getting very method. We have to stay <laughs> right. true and authentic. You cannot wear underwear in space. <sighs> yeah, well, but and when then astronauts he... 
astronauts? Do astronauts not wear any undergarments? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> right. This is a question that's coming up now. Well, there's a great, from Ricky Gervais's first comedy special, he just has a great moment where everything stops and he's like, do commandos not wear underwear? <laughs> 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 and like, I was is like, that oh. why there's the word? Uh, right. You know, these deep probing questions, they just come out of nowhere. But yeah, and in terms of her importance as a character, there there just weren't enough women in, in roles like there are today where you could you could be sexy, but you were more than that. And I think that the character of Princess Leia, yeah, she she does originally embody the trope of the princess that needs to be saved. But really, I don't know. I mean, she had a lot of spunk. And of course, you know, you got like all the stormtroopers around you and Darth Vader threatening to break your neck. And a torture device that he used on her, too. Like, yeah. I, you know, I guess when I think about that movie now and it's. It has more of a subtext than I remember it as, because it's like that's that that needle coming. It's like this black ball coming towards her with a needle <sighs> at the end of oh. it, and that's how he's going to torture her to make her talk. Right. So, um, I, I think it is subversive in that. Yes. Okay. She's a princess that needs to be rescued, but anybody in that situation, boy or girl, would need to be rescued. You know, you're, you're on the Death Star. You know, what are you going to do? Right. But I mean, I, it did subvert it in that. You know, later on. She really becomes a warrior and somebody to be reckoned with. And I think you, you do see that in the in the first Star Wars movie and then it develops over time. You know, that she's not Yeah, well she shoots a gun right away. Right. And she's not, you know, some weak lily kind of person. Yeah. I mean she's she keeps up with everybody. She's formidable. Mm-hmm. And she can take care of herself as long as, you know, you don't have like this whole Sith force against you. Right. right. Anybody would need Even to though be it rescued. is your father. Like spoiler. Right, right. Well, we didn't know that then. We didn't know that then. So I I think that it showed that, you know, women could take on a leadership role in war because she does become a warrior. Yes. General. That's right. She becomes General Organa. Yeah, sure. Yes. You know, I think about that too. I I guess my first exposure when I think about it, when I think about Star Wars, I think about when it was first shown on television and I I taped it on the VCR. And this is in third grade that it was on. And I can still remember all the commercials because I watched it so many times. Like, like there was a commercial wow. for C-3PO cereal. Oh there was a commercial for like a, a Lincoln Mercury in the beginning. And I just remember all these 1980s commercials because um, I'd watch it every day after school. Wow. And I did that for maybe three months. Oh I, I, would, gosh, I taped right. it and then I watched it until it was completely, um, you know, how VHS would just yeah. wear out. And I would just, I would just watch it all the time. And I wanted to make movies after that. I was like, oh, I'm totally going to make movies. And I wanted to make a movie. And I was like, oh, because we had like a Super 8 camera or whatever. And I'm like, we already have a camera. Like, we just got to get the film. And then Allison can be the princess. And I can oh, be Luke Skywalker. Really? And I da- can be yeah. the princess? Oh, Mike. Yeah. I was right. Well, that. sure. Well, I'm obviously, it's a nepotistic casting choice. Oh, I still appreciate it, though. And you, besides mom, you're the only female I knew at the time. <laughs> and... <laughs> You know, saying then, I wouldn't have made a good princess. No, I see you've been a great princess, but then I'd have to be Luke, and then Dad would have to be Han and Darth Vader. But he could oh, be Darth he he could weird. be Darth Vader because of the mask. Yeah, no one would know it was him. He could play two roles, and obviously the the Han Leia thing that didn't come until later. So we thought about that, and we could have changed because okay. it was my own movie. I would have changed the script. Yeah. Ugh. Um. <laughs> you know, the but kind also of electric complex going on there. Right. But also, I think the Princess Leia Luke connection, I don't think George thought about that to the third movie anyway. Yeah. Because you notice in Empire Strikes Back, she makes out with Luke in order to make Han jealous. Right. So weird. You know, Sassy. when she calls him the scruffy looking, you know, scruffy looking nerf herder. And so I, I don't think George was thinking about that. And I think he was looking for a reveal in Return of the Jedi that would be as shocking as when Darth Vader said, I am your father. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. Uh, but was that Return of the Jedi when, when, um, I guess it was, right? When, when they, when they said there's another. And that, oh, no, that, that was, wasn't. Yeah. When did they say that? That there is another no, besides Luke. He, you're right. That was an Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So I think it was planned. And okay. So in terms of, I don't, I, again, I um, elevating the position of women. You know, the idea that, okay, Luke is like this, the savior kind of figure, but they were like, oh no, there is another. And it turns out to be his sister. You know, the idea that she could be of equal worth. 
Sure. And she did a great job. She played a strong character, even only being five foot one. Yeah. Uh, which was amazing to awesome. me. I didn't know she was short like me. So short. So she, right, she <laughs> I, I'm actually elf. five foot one and a half. All right. So you're probably taller than she <laughs> I hold on to that half. <laughs> but uh, I'm, and also I think it's amazing that you could sit there and you just call over, Siri, how tall was Carrie Fisher? And let me think about that. And oh, then Mike, comes you, back. Just, you probably just made like 80 phones go off. <laughs> right. Everybody's like, oh, don't say Siri. Don't out loud. say the word. Right. And if you're listening to this at home, Alexa, turn off the lights. Oh, not cool, man. Not cool. Right. <laughs> so, no, no. But I do think she was a, a really a great character, a great character for women in science fiction. And um, the damsel in distress and the... She becomes a sex slave of Jabba the Hutt. Oh, yeah. Ew. Let's talk about that. That was totally subversive, so, that's too. That's my Halloween costume. Okay. All right. All right. So, okay. Let's, let's so unpack that. Bikini. Oh, yeah. And Wendy went as uh, Leia in the bikini for Halloween one year. <laughs> yep. And didn't you, you brought along a Jabba, too, didn't you? I made a huge... Well, because we were playing. Are right. There and photos? then Wendy brought a date. I brought a date. I had a, I made a huge... Yeah, there's photos. I made a huge Jabba the Hutt that I hung up behind my drum set. We had, had to see big, some photos. Like, Chain. Oh gosh. Well, you will. In fact, that's going to be the song this week. Uh, you'll see the. Uh, you'll see it. All right. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So, so let's talk about the subversive nature. Okay. So let's you, talk about that gold bikini. Yeah. Please. Okay. So the gold bikini. So uncomfortable. You know, it is iconic. You know, to everyone, it's really mm-hmm. men and women. That gold bikini had some magic going on. But you know, I think the whole thing was, you know, that okay. Here's this warrior woman. And this pig, this huge, uh, gargantuan, corpulent mess that that Java was, you know, which is representative of, you know, we could draw some parallels, some current parallels, I think. But anyway, so this big, corpulent, rich jerk is trying to reduce her to a sex slave, right? And all right, one of the reasons she's so sexy, uh, even to women, I think, is because this chain that he's got her tied to him with, she strangles him to death with that very chain. And, oh, that was just beautiful. But let's not forget, like, she didn't, <laughs> she didn't just show up with the chain on. I mean, she got captured trying to save Han in the beginning. So she comes in, in Return of the Jedi, she comes into Jabba's palace, right. John, the belly Jabba's of the throne beast. room, and she's got a mask on and everything, and she threatens to blow the place up unless she gets Han Solo back. And so she's got a mask and everything, and it's not until her plan is thwarted do you find out that it's actually Princess Leia. Right. In this guy, oh. and that's when Jabba enslaves her, and it's like, oh, ha, 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 ha. oh, that Ooh, was Ooh, just you know. sweet. That that whole that whole scenario, you know, I just you're making me want to watch it again. You know, where she just strangles the life out of him. Oh. You know, and I liked the ex- I liked the extended editions of the movies too, except for Return of the Jedi. That full, like, they have the full band play for like five <laughs> minutes in the new version and you're oh, like george enough, just because you can does not mean you should like it should be five minutes of action like no one was clamoring from nor of like the tatooine top 40 <laughs> hey speak for yourself more strangling that's what i'm clamoring for <laughs> but, that's we right. each have yeah. the things we look for so yeah, i was looking for more rancor pits action more <laughs> stuff on the skiff instead like, he's like you know what we're gonna have that <laughs> sly snoodles band play for another four <laughs> minutes <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like more strangling of Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> yes. I mean, look, look at that. I mean, do not just let that pass by. That that was a major moment, uh, I think, in my development, at least. <laughs> yes. That's right. You you're saw- going to try to imprison me and I am going to strangle you with the very chain. Love it. <laughs> yes. No, that was a great moment. And Return of the Jedi is my favorite. I know that's heretical because most people think that's the worst of the original trilogy. But because of the my Ewoks. <laughs> yeah, the Ewoks are, I mean, yes, that is some poor business. But I think that first part with Jabba is the most fun oh, yeah. of all of the movies because it's got good jokes. Yeah. Um, the effects are great. It's got Luke fighting stuff on his own. It's, it's, it's hand, yeah. hand in his best. It's got Boba Fett getting sucked up into this... <laughs> Uh, giant sucking thing in the ground. And Jabba's just such a unique character, too. When you right. first see him, you're like, I, I mean, I remember as a kid seeing him being like, what the? Yeah, why is there a gigantic <laughs> slug on my right. skin? Like, who's t- and he's like, is that a creature? Or is that just a pile of slime? Well, like, there's what is always it? some really ultra-rich 
sexist, corpulent slug right. in the offing, right? You just have to watch out because he's going to get you. No, he is. <laughs> he's just and- off stage in the shadows. And it's funny because the other side is you have the people that work for the Galactic Empire, too. And, and so you have these various factions uh, against each other. The, the, um, the, you have the evil government. Then you have the evil gangsters. And, and, the, good, and the people that are good are the ones who are fighting both of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's one of the, the exciting parts. And that part, it can make everybody unified because everybody hates the Empire. And everybody, and everybody wants hates. to stick it to the man. And everybody hates the slugs. <laughs> That's uh, right. Let me come off um, clear that I hate corpulent, ultra rich, sexist slugs. <laughs> yeah, nobody's a big fan. It's and all then those... that resembles you, well, you know who you are. Sure, sure. And I hate totalitarians. Uh, and if that resembles you, you know who you are. <laughs> guys, uh, you guys are so hateful today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Galactic Empire was all about order and keeping people in line. That's right. <laughs> And I'm not interested in that. That's right. That's nothing more we hate. Uh, so, okay. So the thing is, now, we've talked a little bit about, uh, you know, this, Carrie Fisher, great actress in, in these roles. And um, she had her own demons to deal with, obviously, drug mm. addiction. And, uh, and manic depression, too. Yeah, and, and, and diagnosed as bipolar. There's a great article in The Guardian about Carrie Fisher as an advocate for mental health. And... How you know she changed a lot of lives by coming forward and ad- admitting uh, manic depression and trying to help others that suffered with it. She did, uh, and you know, end up being a voice for that. But uh, even before she was a voice for the people who have uh, mental illness and stuff, uh, she also had her own ghost story. Okay, now we're talking. Right, that's yes. where we're going to get to. That, that uh, well, there's a couple of things. First of all. Interesting article from the Peoria Journal Star. And I know that's, a, that's probably a, a newspaper that you guys don't read very often. Inquiring <laughs> minds want to know. The Peoria Journal Star. But um, so there's a Delavan, Illinois. Okay. That's right by Peoria. And you have a psychic in the, like the 1960s and 70s who's like a celebrity psychic. Oh, okay. So, you know, and so much so that uh, people just called her Greta. Okay, Greta oh, Alexander. One name, a one name yes, psycho, like, psychic. Like Cher yeah. or, or Beyonce. You had Greta. And, and so Greta's a psychic, and Greta's friends with a particular actress by the name of Ruth Warwick, who uh, was on the soap opera All My Children. <laughs> and so Ruth Warwick in the early 1970s was on tour with Debbie Reynolds, Carrie Fisher's mother, in a traveling a stage version of the musical Irene. Hmm. They stop in St. Louis to do the show. And so Debbie Reynolds and Ruth Warwick invite Greta to see the show and then hang out with them. Okay, well, who also was there is Carrie Fisher. And so Warwick's telling this story uh, a little bit later in life in the 1980s. And she's telling the story to Greta's assistant, who happens to be now the mayor of a town in Illinois. So this is a very reputable source we're talking here <laughs> because she was elected mayor. And, you know, politicians are absolutely trustworthy. You can trust everything they say. <laughs> right. So this is a quote. Greta was the center of attention at a post-performance party. Cast and crew surrounded her. She answered questions and made predictions. Among those in Greta's audience was Fisher in her teens. Greta looked at Fisher's palm and said this, You will be even more famous than your mother. I don't understand this, but I see stars, rockets, and spaceships. It's just out of this world. A crown is being placed on your head, and I hear this incredible music that is shaking the walls. Everybody laughs and thinks they're talking about Carrie Fisher becoming an astronaut. And this is the 19, you know. um, She's in her early teens. So this is, right, this is the 1960s then. And so in the 1960s, you think about Mad Men, a woman becoming an astronaut. (laughs) That will never happen. What if they have their period in space? Uh, Oh, man. I never thought about that. Right. What's going to happen then? Like, uh, anyway, you got to watch out for gravity or the lack of. But the thing is, so that's, they think it's ridiculous. Obviously, you know, everybody's laughing very sexistly. But what happens <laughs> is that 10 years later, Carrie Fisher becomes the most famous princess in the world. And it's all because of spaceships and, and, and explosions wow. and stuff like that. So who had the last laugh? I believe it was Greta Alexander. <laughs> the most famous psychic Greta. ever, ever yes. to live in Delavan, Illinois. <laughs> 
And you know, it's funny as I've never the heard of Delavan, Illinois. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's a Delavan, Wisconsin, and we've played yeah. Delavan, Wisconsin. Delavan, Wisconsin is right next to Elkhorn, where the Beast of Bray Road. Yes, indeed. Linda Godfrey, she's in uh, Elkhorn. And, and so uh, the Delavan area in Wisconsin has, has werewolves and stuff like that. But um, to learn that there was, if I said a Delavan psychic predicted Carrie Fisher's fate. Road trip. I'm like, awesome. And then I found out it was in Illinois, and I'm like, no uh, thanks. Oh. It's still not that far. No, it's not that far. But what I mean is just, that's just interesting that a small town psychic that predicted is. that. And I thought that was a lot of fun. Quite. And uh, and Carrie Fisher. Actually, interestingly enough, you guys know who Corey Feldman is. Now, Corey Feldman, that's more your style, Wendy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if Allison, Allison was, a, was too old for Corey Feldman, she was oh. already on the George Michael. <laughs> you had a thing for Corey Feldman? One of the, oh, he was in The Lost no, no, Boys, no, no, no. wasn't he? I yeah, didn't have was. a thing for him. I, he just was in that gang of like characters that, uh-huh. right, of my generation. Yeah, like and so if if you were someone of our age, then Corey Feldman would have been on the he cover. He was in of, the Goonies. He was in the Goonies, right? Yeah. And he was in the Lost Boys. Yeah, and he's on the cover of Tiger Beat. Right, <laughs> Tiger Beat. He was yeah. in a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Corey Feldman makes me think about that. That. He was friends with Michael Jackson too. Like, remember, like he'd oh, go yeah. places with Michael Jackson, and he would wear like the other glove. That's right. <laughs> he wore like Michael Jackson had his glove, it's and like he wore the, like the other glove. It's like the Annie Lockett, with the half and half. Yeah. And so, like, he spent nights at the Neverland Ranch and all that kind of fun. So he was living the dream as a young man in the 1980s. All right. So, but uh, he stars in The Burbs with Carrie Fisher because Carrie Fisher played. Oh, that movie was so good. That was a great movie. He, she uh, she played Tom Hanks' wife in that movie. I okay, I don't even remember, but I just remember liking that movie a lot. And this article is funny because uh, it says that Carrie Fisher was 25 in 1989. And that's not true at all. Like She, she would have been at least 33 in 1989. So he w- <laughs> but he was 17 in, uh, in 1989. And she was uh, you know, in the early 30s. And he was, I mean, obviously super popular, had all the money and girls and whatever he wanted because he was a famous Hollywood guy in his teens. And he's, he's like the Justin the, Bieber. The Brat Pack. He was one yeah. of the Brat Pack, right? That's right. Him and uh, Emilio Estevez. Yes. Oh, Charlie River Sheen. Phoenix. Yeah, Charlie Sheen, River Phoenix. It, we saw what happened to River Phoenix. Gets yeah. all wasted, runs out in the middle of the street and gets killed in front of the Viper Room. You see what happens to uh, Charlie Sheen? Uh yeah, right. Goes crazy on the set of Two and a Half Men, and still happening. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Hashtag winning. So this is Corey Feldman talking to People Magazine. I was not at the best point in my life, and I was about to go off the deep end to the dark side right before I became a heroin addict. And she saw it coming. She saw the darkness that was growing in me, but I didn't understand it at that point. I didn't know it was coming. Carrie looked into my eyes and saw the pain and recognized it. She said to me, "Honey, I gotta tell you." This is your bailout. This is your chance to become clean and I can help you. Or you can be in denial and you're going to go down this long, hard road. He didn't take her advice. Mm. And he said, she told him, you may believe fine, but you're not. You are changing seats in the Titanic. And a year later, he tries heroin for the first time and his career goes downhill. He eventually, you know, he's like a reality TV guy. I think one of my friends... That was interning in Hollywood in the 90s. Talks about seeing his band play in front of like 12 people in some cave in Malibu. Oh, and wow. That he was weird then. And this year, did you guys see oh, him on the Today I saw Show? It, yeah. Allison, no. did you see Corey no, Feldman on the Today Show? Oh. It's horrible. Uh, basically, he's, and he's got these, like, they're called like Corey's Angels. Mm hmm. Like these girls dressed up as angels. Dance around and, oh, they play the instruments too. Yeah. So, I mean, but he's got like this list of rules to be one of Corey's oh, angels. Gosh. Like he has a whole, anyway, Corey Feldman was great in the Lost Boys, but he's become a little bit weirder in his later years. But a few years later, he's, you know, after he'd gone through rehab and everything, he goes, she came up to me and said, let's go have a drink. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm sober. But we did have a nice back and forth relationship. But unfortunately, we never reconnected. I would have loved to have said goodbye. It's one of those things we all need to take notice and appreciate the people in our lives. But the way he described her, though, he said that she had a great psychic ability and she saw my future. She knew I was headed for danger. So Corey Feldman claimed that 
Carrie Fisher had the psychic ability. Mm. I don't know if that's a real psychic ability to know that. I was going to say, I mean, I think the writing was on the wall for a lot of those young actors <laughs> right. at but, that point. I mean, the fact is that that she reached out to somebody and she, she wanted to help that person. And I think that speaks a lot of her character. And the fact that yeah. she would help him even though he was Corey Feldman. Oh, <laughs> No, that is sweet. And she portrayed his mother in the... In the Burbs? In the, was that what it, her role was? or? Oh, I don't remember. Okay. Like that's, that's I was trying to, because I was going to say, because maybe she was just extending her matronly Matronly role. duties. The, yeah. <laughs> she's extending. Well, I mean, I feel like that, um, and I haven't seen the movie since, it, it was like in, in the theaters in 1989, so it's been a while. That would be uh, 27 years ago. So it's been a while since I saw the film, but yeah. I feel like he was like the neighbor kid. Oh, Okay. Well, I, I think I should rewatch that one because... Yeah, it's a good one. It's always yeah. good to see a young Tom Hanks. Like, totally. Like, pre-Philadelphia Tom Hanks before Love he was it. all serious. Back yeah. when he was still like kind of a goofball. Joe versus the Volcano. Yeah, or the, those ones. the man with one red shoe. <laughs> bosom Buddies Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah. Bosom you Buddies know? Tom Hanks. I love. Right. Everybody's favorite Tom Hanks when he's still like kind of a goofball and he's got that fro. And <laughs> Anyway. So Carrie Fisher has a psychic run in as a teenager. And then Corey Feldman says she's psychic. Now, later on in the years, she claims that there's a ghost in her house. Okay. And so this was featured in a TV show from about a decade ago called Celebrity Ghost Stories. Yes, which is, is <laughs> so, actually a pretty horrible show, but I, I liked um, her ghost story. And you know, anytime you got something called Celebrity Ghost Stories, it's probably going to be trashy. Yeah. You know, it's, pro- it's probably going to be... Um, where they, you know, they take a five-minute story and extend it to a half an hour, as they always do. But her episode's great because it's her, another Golden Girl, Rue McClanahan, is in that episode of Celebrity Oh, Story. cool. And John Waters. Yeah, that's a really good episode, actually. Yeah. So, so what's her story? Well, her story is, okay, so she's really good friends with a, like a member of the Republican Party, like a Republican, uh, somebody in the Republican Party in California. And he's a gay guy in the Republican Party. So she was talking about how he was a little conflicted and like didn't get along with his parents and stuff like that. But he's about 42 years old and he comes over and they go to the Academy Awards together. So it's like him and his assistant and her and they're all hanging out. They go to the Academy Awards and then they come back to her house and he spends the night. And she says like, well, I wasn't going to sleep in the same bed as Judy, his assistant. So we gave her the guest room and then he slept in the bed with me. Okay. Okay. So they go to bed and he has a heart attack and dies in the middle of the night. Allison, you heard her tell the whole story too, right? So this is right. Yeah. I mean, just imagine how frightening that would be to wake up next to your friend and uh, find out that they had passed in the night. And I've woken up to a few cold fish in my life, yeah. but never a real, ne- oh. <laughs> never a real corpse. Oh. Uh, you know, just just a, just a corpse and uh, how they acted. And you know, it was just really. First of all, that's a terrifying story. And how is that going to impact you? So you hear right. somebody who's already acknowledged mental illness, who has defeated alcohol and cocaine addiction. So it, she's a little fragile. You know, just in, yeah. in those parts and, you know, in postcards from the edge and, you know, she kind of gets into that relationship and how she's, a, you know, her psyche and everything. And you wake up next to a dead person. Ugh. Like, that's going to take you a little while to get over. I yeah. don't think, yeah. You don't just... I don't know if anybody just, would ever get over that. You're not like, And, well, and it's not oof. just a dead person. It's your friend. and Someone you care about. Yeah. yeah. And she said that, that she actually felt responsible that it happened Aww. on her watch. And, you know, what if she would have awoken... In time to save him, oh but my she gosh, didn't. That's so and, sad. You know, just thinking of all the guilt that she went through, and you know, it's not her fault. Obviously, it could happen to any one of us at any time. But right, you could go in the middle. Of, I mean, she went on a plane. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So I mean, but the thing is, like, so this guy dies in the middle of the night, and she doesn't even know about it. I mean. That's number one. <sighs> that's just that idea. Like, and then the idea that you're also sleeping next to a corpse for. And she's not, um, at this time this happens, it's not like she's old or anything like that. You know, it's not where you're kind of expecting it. You know, if you're like 85 years old and you go to sleep next to your spouse who's 85 years old. Okay, that's straight up terrifying, Mike. You still don't want to wake up dead next to somebody just because you're old. You don't feel old inside. No, but you no. it's not as surprising. You know, it's not like a, Nobody I don't know. expects waking up next to a dead person. No, of course <laughs> it's not. Like Nobody the Spanish does. Inquisition. Just right. Nobody ever right expects up on you. There's this blue person 
rigor mortis, the whole horror. And uh, anyways, this happens to her friend. And this is, I mean, obviously Horrible. it's a tragedy and she's yeah. very upset about it. But the thing is, is that she starts having experiences afterwards in her house. And she says that her house was the kind of place like, didn't, she said Betty Davis used to own the house? Yep, that's oh, right. Wow. So, I mean, it's, it's an old Hollywood style house too. Cool. You, you think that Betty Davis would have some stories. But so she starts thinking that it's her, her friend's spirit that's there. And right, because, you know, starts to hear weird sounds during the night. And she's got a toy that she got, her and George Lucas get a toy. And they've been working on something together. And they have like a, it's, it's like a little electronic thing. When you press a button, it says things, like it insults you. So like, <laughs> so like Allison, so like mom has that, uh, mom has that button. First of all, she has a party button. Then when you hit the party button, it plays rock nice, and roll all night. That's awesome. So we have the party button. But then she's also got a little button that says like pickup lines. Uh, right. Yeah. We love that one. You know, like, are you wearing a mirror in your pocket or whatever that kind of thing? Like, <laughs> like little lines like that. Yeah. that are just is funny. it hot in here? <laughs> Or is it or just you? Is it just you? Yeah, and so she has this little thing that she'll do that and it makes her laugh and we'll play it when we're hanging out. So if so, Carrie but her Fisher she, had something like this that would insult you and just say horrible things. Right, would insult you and like swear what, at you and stuff. What a great toy. <laughs> and her and George Lucas, when they were working together, they would always play Oh, funny, okay. You know, she said that she had this love-hate relationship with George Lucas because obviously George Lucas's vision, imagination gave her this massive worldwide fame right yeah yeah but he wouldn't let her wear a bra right and there's also the opposite he wouldn't let her wear a bra and then when it comes to the final movie he's gonna have her he's like we probably gotta get her in a gold bikini before you know before this whole series wraps up man and you know one of the things i just remembered was that remember ross from friends like that was his fantasy was jennifer aniston in the gold bikini oh my gosh and also, it's funny, Carrie Fisher would talk about how many guys came up to her at sci-fi conventions. Yeah. And was saying things. And really, that is, you could just say, like, you know, when I was a kid, I used to think, you know, you were my first crush. Yeah, there's a absolutely. Way to, there's sure. a way to say it innocently. Sure. Right. And, <laughs> and Kevin Smith did have a very um, heartfelt message on Facebook about how she was his first crush, you know, at the age of seven. And that he really held on to that for years, though. And um, when they finally met, he revealed that to her. And she said, well, I'm glad I helped you find your lightsaber. (laughs) Ah! But, okay, let's (laughs) unpack that a little bit. No, I don't want to unpack Kevin Kevin Smith's lightsaber (laughs) in any stretch. But but I'm just saying that, okay, it's it's kind of uh, reductionist to just say, that's what it was all about. It was all about the sexual attraction. I, I'm sure that is a big part of it, but it's not the only part of it. It's not the only well, part Steve, of her character. Steve Martin tweeted, and he, he like, tweeted this yesterday or the day before. Steve Martin tweeted that you know when he first saw Carrie Fisher, he thought she was the most beautiful thing in the world. Yeah, the most and beautiful not, creature. I mean, creature. Creature. He didn't say. He didn't say thing. Yeah, you know, there's but, no. Wow. But creatures. There's no also, subtext there. Yeah, yeah creatures yeah, also, you know, dehumanizing. Okay, I know I don't know Steve Martin. Yeah. I do know that he used to have that fake arrow through his head. That's all I know, and that may have affected his judgment. That's oh. right. But he said he thought she was the most beautiful creature he'd ever seen, and then he said, and then he found out she was witty and smart as no. you know, yeah, as well. witty and, so and bright was, as well. He was so if if you have and he deleted physical, his he deleted his tweet right because people were like, oh my god, they were offended by that. Right. But she was Steve Martin's friend. Like I think that yeah. people that don't know her or anything like that, like Steve Martin is entitled to say something in respecting right. his friend that I do not believe he... Bo- you that know. doesn't sound piggish or mean-spirited. Yeah, and, or, and hopefully right. it just came out wrong. But I understand why there was a backlash because, you know, the idea that those things are separate. Like, you can't be a beautiful woman and have a brain in your head. I mean, come on. <laughs> why is there that dichotomy? Well... I, th- I think that Steve Martin also grew up in a different era and he was trying to stress that a lot of people focused on her physical appearance. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. That was just the first layer of the Carrie Fisher onion that you could unpeel. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. That, you know, and, and I, he, had the, he deleted his tweet and he was friends with her. You know, like, right. and the thing is like there's people, it, it, the internet outrage machine is ready to, you know, go after anybody. Sure. And and I think that she would like she took the fact that she was a sex symbol, a sci-fi sex symbol. I think she took that in good humor. 
and she would say like Kevin Smith I'm glad I helped you find your lightsaber and the, the way she talked about it there was a lot of men that said that to her right. which is I mean oh, creepy man. in its own right like, like, like I said you could say you were my first crush right well, right you don't like be... not like when I was 13 I used to, you know I used to take an issue of Starlog to the bathroom with you like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I think, though, that, you know, she was reacting to it in saying that about the lightsaber because, I mean, I think it's so much more than that. You know, when he's seven years old, he sees this figure of a powerful woman. You know, it's not not that it was just the gold bikini. I mean, it, it really, I think, is a lot more. It's like I said, there's, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, um, stuff in the movie there's there's a lot of places where she shows her leadership and i think a strong female character you know that's what she was and i think boys were reacting to that just as well as you know reacting to her beauty well i agree with that and so we got we got a little sidetracked from her ghost stories we yeah yeah get back to the ghosts we got yeah so she so she starts you know she says that the house is like liquid now they're oh, walking yeah. through it like you can always feel a presence. Like the oh, air. Yeah. The air was, was somehow like you were swimming through it. There was a different type of presence there or feel to the environment. That was interesting how she, she, oh. she described it almost like liquid. That was that was really, really good. And then go back to the toy, though, because the toy would, if you hit the button, would spurt out these, these random things. And uh, so then what happened, Mike? The toy was in the other well, room. And it, it like it, it goes off when nobody else is in the room. And the ghost friend totally wanted to insult somebody. Right. Well, well, it's interesting what what it said though, because you know how those toys work; they just kind of cycle through um, these phrases. The phrases, and then it yeah. kept saying the same phrase. Oh, uh, what what was the phrase? I think it was something vulgar. No, no, it wasn't vulgar. Actually, it was. Uh, are it you was, talking to me? So, oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Are you talking to me? You okay, know, that's kind of creepy. Like, um, that's totally creepy. Kind of like a taxi driver. Uh, yeah, you, you're vers- talking to me. Version of are you talking to me? But you know, she took it to because it kept repeating that. She like took it was it, almost asking. Yeah, that that this was her friend coming through <laughs> oh, the toy. Gosh. You know, trying to <sighs> incite some kind of communication because it kept saying that over and over. And she said she eventually told him to stop it. Really? And then it stopped. Take it. Oh, man. Oh. So that, you know, once she said, you know, stop it, um, then her, her friend stopped freaking her out. Well, maybe she should have gotten one of those soundboards that has more words on it. Well, right. I mean, today it would be a whole different thing because today you, could, you do the thing where you have the like the radio stations. <laughs> right. Whatever, yeah. Goes to each oh, one. the ghost box. The ghost box. But you know what I think is interesting? And, and the whole idea of a spirit using electronics is something that comes up very often mm-hmm. it does that for somehow like they can and they i don't know if it's battery operated stuff or whatever but they just love interfering in that way like they love pressing the buttons well that's probably one of the few ways that can get through I mean. sure <laughs> you know that's a good point what if it's electricity so what if instead of like they're not physically touching obviously right. not physically touching i think is our ghost but instead of pressing the button they're making in the circuit, affecting the field right in the circuit board they're making the connection yeah so in the circuit board, they're like, like, if the most thing they can do is spark. Right, yeah, that could be. The most they can do is spark it. And so there's, there's, he kept on creating those sparks to go back to, are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? And he's trying to communicate with Carrie Fisher and say, I'm sorry I died in your bed. It's okay. Um, hmm, sad. Yeah. So I think about that. You know, but she had her celebrity ghost story. And, and the fact is that uh, she was... Um, you know, I read that she was engaged to Dan Aykroyd somewhere, but I don't think she was ever actually oh, engaged man. to Dan Aykroyd. But listen to this. She did date him. Right. She did date Dan Aykroyd. And, you know, she talks about how she met Dan Aykroyd and that he, uh, he gave her the Heimlich maneuver. Oh, wow. <laughs> really? Like, so she, was, she, yeah, she was choking on something. Oh, my God. So Dan Aykroyd saved her life? Dan Aykroyd saved her life. He just keeps getting cooler. Oh. And after he saved her life, that's when he said, as a joke, will you marry me? <laughs> and and she kept that's that in mind great. that she's like well if he's a guy that can save my life maybe i should marry him that's cute and so obviously so she did a dan Aykroyd, and then she was in the blues brothers as joliet jake as john belushi's old girlfriend remember it comes in with like the the machine gun <laughs> she shoots up the convent and everything so she's, I mean, she's a main role in the Blues Brothers. Oh. And, and so she dated Dan Aykroyd. And I think, I think it was between Paul Simon 
Right. Like she dated Paul Simon for a while. They broke up uh, probably because he was way too old for her. Not that that stopped her. I mean, it didn't stop her in pursuing Harrison Ford and things like that. So she, I mean, she liked the old guys. Uh, and then goes out there. Well, he wasn't that old when she was pursuing him, I thought. No, he wasn't that old, but he was still older than she was. Oh, okay. So it was, it was, I mean, I guess a ratio of ages there. Yeah. So like Harrison Ford is 14 years older than she is. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. It was that um, much of a difference. Right. And so I can picture, I don't know, when I was 19, I think a 33-year-old woman to me would look like like a librarian, you know? It's like, yeah. Like, look at that. <laughs> look at that lady. I mean, it's like a mummy. Oh, oh, come on, Mike. Well, and as a 40-year-old, I think about if I'm, you know, if I meet a 19-year-old or something, they must look at oh. me. Like, I'm in that age group where I could be anywhere between 30 and 75 to them. <laughs> you know, they right, look at me yeah. and they're like, how old do you think he is? I think he's 60. <laughs> um, so, uh, but, but no, it's, so Carrie Fisher, and the thing is, Dan Aykroyd's a great believer in the paranormal. Right. So, yeah. could, he be, so could he have rubbed some of his paranormal belief off mm. on her? You know, because she's willing to talk about the ghost story. She's willing to deliver it to celebrity ghost stories. You know, she's That's willing, cool. She's willing to discuss it in front of people and just be like, straight up, this is my friend. He died in my bed. And he talked me through a, a little toy that me and George Lucas used to play with. And so, so Carrie Fisher uh, had a fun ghost story. And I don't know, it's nice to remember her because I will always, you know, I'll always think positive things about the original Star Wars movies. And Definitely. I, you know what? I even like the new ones. So I'm not yeah. going to say anything. Yeah. And then I, I do think now I wish that she had a bigger part in The Force Awakens. Like, I heard that they've already filmed the stuff for the next movie, her, her parts for oh, really? episode okay. eight. I was wondering about that. So they're not going to have to recreate her until episode nine, <laughs> you know, and that's maybe enough time will be yeah. passed. Number one, that the technology will be better. True. And she'd probably be happy with the technology being better because remember when episode seven came out, she kept on complaining that they wanted to lose weight for the role. Oh, wow. So whenever she would appear on the morning shows or whatever, she'd be like, oh, you know, it's fun being in the movies again. But oh, my God, like, <laughs> I'm sick of eating right and working uh, out. And I don't want to do any part of this, <laughs> you know. And she's got a great quote about how like uh, age and beauty are great things, but don't ever think that it's something you earn. You know, it's just something that happens. Right. You know, it's just mm -hmm. happenstance. Yeah, right. Right, and so you can't you can't take it like uh, that. That's something special that uh, people have earned because it's it's just something that happened to them. Hmm. So anyway, goodbye, Carrie Fisher. Thank you for the uh, thank you for the good times. Yes, rest in peace. The great movies, and uh, we'll always treasure uh, your memory as Princess Leah. Your mother, Debbie Reynolds. I don't know too much. She was the unsinkable Molly Brown, right? Yeah, and she was in Singing in the Rain as well. Hmm. Oh, okay, and right. I loved that song when I was six. Aww. So, and I've seen the movie a couple of times. And uh, so Debbie Reynolds and Carrie Fisher, a dual funeral and a, a real tragedy. Very sad. Yeah. Two people to die. So anyway, here's a tip from us at See You on the Other Side podcast in 2017. Don't do drugs that are going to make your heart go so fast <laughs> that it'll weaken your heart and you'll die years later. Uh, so mm. stay clean, everybody. That's right. That, Just that say really no to drugs. Just say no. Well, the thing is, you think about all these people in the 80s that did all this stuff and they survived the 80s. Like nobody, they didn't OD, but they, they used their hearts so much. Like the professional wrestlers with the roids and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like everybody's like, man, the professional wrestlers are dropping like flies. And I'm like, that's because they lived on chemicals for years and their heart gets so, you know. Yeah, it's putting your body through yeah. trauma that it's not Your heart can't to. take it. <laughs> right, and once you, once you get old enough where your heart's like, you know what? Uh, all this... We were supposed to live a longer life, but right. you used all my energy. I'm back in like 1986. Yeah, I can't go the distance anymore. <laughs> right. So, uh, hey, I'm going. Good night. And then that's it, Farm. So the thing is, take care of yourself, everybody. 2017, I'm going for relaxation. Allison's going to... Uh, get maimed by a ghost. Right. Get maimed by oh, a ghost. Yeah. And Wendy, what was your resolution again? Oh, meditation? writing and, and exercising. And oh, and writing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> between right. maimings. Right, and I'm going to lose a toe in 2007. All right, it's very exciting. Well, we definitely wish you all the very happiest of New Year's. Yeah. Happy Allison, New Year. thank you for joining us today. Thank you. And so we, we thought it would be a good uh, song for this. It's actually, this is a live Sunspot song. And we recorded this uh, a few years ago for one of our Halloween shows. And so we always do group costumes when we play yeah. a show. And we talked about our group costumes before. And you know what? We talked about our group costumes and we didn't talk about this one. 
What? Yes, we did. We did. We yeah. talked about the Terminators. We I'm talked sure about the we Blair Witch Project. But one year okay. we went as Star Wars, specifically the Return of the Jedi uh, Star Wars That's characters. Right. So I wore all black. But then I brought a lightsaber like Luke Skywalker. Ben went as Han Solo, had the vest and everything. And Wendy was our gold-plated princess. <laughs> I had to work out for like three months before that <laughs> show. Did. We had to prep it. <laughs> And it was funny because, um, and the the video is up at othersidepodcast.com slash one, two, five. You can watch the video that we're taking this audio from. And so one of our songs is called my own worst enemy and my own worst enemy. We always take a middle section where we quote other songs. And so for this special, uh, well, when we went as the super Mario brothers, Oh yeah, Remember, that's right. We played all like Super Mario music, and that was our quote. Yeah. And so when we went as the Star Wars characters, we took Star Wars songs yes. and put them inside of my own worst enemy. That was fun. And so that's what you guys are going to be hearing. And if you watch the video at OtherSidePodcast.com/slash/one-twenty-five. It was too hot, so I took my shirt off. So I went from being Luke Skywalker. I went from being Luke Skywalker. Your shirt off. Yeah, I went from being Luke Skywalker to the guy that guards the Rancor. Oh, come on. Kind of the difference in look there. But it was a theme party, so there's lots of lightsabers in the audience and all kinds of Jedis. I forgot all the lightsabers in the audience. I can't wait to watch the video again. (laughs) But uh, you can check that out there. So uh, everybody, here's Sunspot uh, live with a Star Wars medley in My Own Worst Enemy. guys, it's Halloween. Star Wars, where is my car wars? I just 
for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa, what? 2017, do not let another year go by where you don't join our Patreon community. Oh my gosh. And we have a New Year's resolution regarding that too, Mike. Yes, we do. We're going to get the best rewards for our patrons. Mm -hmm. 2017, we're going to give the most fun stuff that we can for yes. our Patreon community because they help keep everything going. And so you can find more information on how to become part of the coolest group of people in 2017 <laughs> who like paranormal and rock music and the whole deal. You can find that at othersidepodcast.com slash donate. And we're giving a special shout out to Ned, one of our patrons who's donated at a level where he gets his personalized shout out every week on the show here. So happy new year, Ned. Happy new year. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Uta, uta.